on this week's final show of this season. Playoff disappointment, but already looking to the future. We hear from Bromley boss Andy Woodman. We're up around the 50,000 mark, um, which is his progression in itself, you know, so um, we've got to keep making sure that we keep adding to these fans and they, and they enjoy the, the product that we're putting out on the pitch. Ending the season with a cup success, Margate boss Reese Prestige tells us about their Kent Senior Cup win. We probably finished a lot lower than we should do. And like I said, it was just nice to have a good high to, to finish the season on. And looking forward to a testimonial to celebrate his career cut short. We hear from Alex Flisher ahead of his big day at the Gallagher. We've got the band back together, as everyone keeps saying. So, um, yeah, can't, can't wait to sort of get, get, out, well, get back out and play as well. And I can't wait to sort of get back down to Maidstone and get all the old faces back together. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. It's our final episode of the season, but we're going out on a high with three cracking interviews for you, which we hope you will enjoy. I'm John Phipps, who almost missed out on an amazing pasta dish because I ate too much quiche. And on the line now is not only the finest co-host in all the land, but he's also Broadstairs' number one dog owner. Is that right, Matt Gerald? Uh, we didn't win. Did you win a rosette? Uh... No, to be fair, I only thought about 10 people would turn up for this. It was like 90 dogs. Oh, wow. So um, so some people were there. Um, so I thought, all right, we're not going to win there. And we didn't. We went in three com- three um, entrances. Um, and that, again, I'm not criticising it because it's a lot of work for charity, but there was a woman dressed as Queen Victoria doing the judging. And we knew she had to go around and look at the dog. She, I'm not aware that she was um, a dog expert. <laughs> so basically, if you like the look of your dog, you might have won. Bugbear, that's bugbear number one. So, and then she come around, oh, you're a nice dog there, like that. So first time, 20 seconds, you know, stroke, stroke, stroke. Next one, looked at it, hello again, moved on. And the third one, when she spoke to the other dog for about a minute, and then looked at us again and wrote that. We knew we weren't going to win. So I was a bit miffed at that. And secondly, I was miffed at, as there were so many people there, why she was giving prizes. Somebody who'd won before, they won again. It's a serious game, this dog show well, business, well, isn't it? Clearly, I, I know someone who was who was involved in, in dog shows. And um, it was a very, very serious business. Um, and, you know, I, I'm... I'm disappointed to hear that a uh, coronation special fun fest on uh, on Bank Holiday weekend has turned out like that. If that makes sense. <laughs> After the last one, we did win. When we looked at that, we I sort of right, we're going. Sort of stormed off. So it took an absolute age as well. So yeah, it, but 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 my mum who came along to support us clearly didn't think we were going to win either. But she had rosettes made up. Best dog owner and best dog. So at the end, my mum gave us a rosette that she made up herself. Oh, that's amazing. Well done, Mummy Gerard. So that was it for today. So, yeah, I don't think I'd do it again. But, yeah, I was just, I was a little bit disappointed. I honestly thought about five people, ten people will be there. Everybody's going to get a rosette. Everybody will be happy. Um, But, no. But other people who won twice, that just annoyed me, really, but. It was a, a lot of more people there than I thought it would be, really. Quite impressive to be about the amount of people there. She was the only miniature schnauzer in it. So, But clearly, if Queen Victoria didn't like miniature schnauzers, we were never going to win anyway. She liked cockapoos. That's from the end of it, from we got from that. Are, are you done with the uh, 
with, with the dog show business after this then? Yeah, yeah. I, I was pretty disappointed. But I, when we turned up, we thought, oh, blimey, there's a lot more dogs in here. We're going to win. But, yeah, I, I, I feel the um, the judging was poor. So I'm blaming the judge rather than the, <laughs> the organisation. We left. They still had loads to go. And we left. So I don't know what time it finished. But I, you know, stormed off. We're going. So, yeah, I was gutted because I wanted to win. Um, did you watch the, uh, the the coronation itself on Saturday? Uh, we did watch it. Yeah, we do put on a a good show, I think, don't we? Really? Well, that... you say, uh, you say one thing, every time I thought that, you know, when they come up with a trumpet, duh, 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 I expected Shrek to come up from somewhere because that's all like stuff from Shrek. That's the only thing I thought. But we do put on pageantry quite well. I think I think parts of it were were impressive. I like the bit in the garden when they did the you know when they took their hats off and did oh, yeah. the three cheers and everything. But all the pomp and ceremony and everything in in the in the abbey was it it was just a bit much for me. I, you know it was it, it was, was an hour and a half go- less than, was, hour and a half less time than the Queen's one. So that must have gone on. That would have gone on for a long long time. It was very gaudy as well, wasn't it? You know, well, it, 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 all like, faiths, mate. Well, yeah, but it was very much oh God, 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 God. You know, I, I understand everyone's in touch with their beliefs. It's not my number one bag, but you know, it was it was oh, it was a bit it was a bit much. And I was kind of hoping that it might have been modernized a little bit. Um, you know, to to bring it into the 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 twenty first century, but it it really wasn't. And I suppose, you know, there's a chance we may see the next coronation, it may be in the next few years. I would hope that Prince William will make it a bit less formal. But one thing I will say is a lot of people saying, oh, look, they've spent all this money on that. They could have spent it on other things. Uh, and all this uh, usual uh, waffle about, oh, yeah, well, that could, there's people can't afford to eat. And yet we're spending all this money and the royal family is spending all this money. All I will say to those people is, do you not remember that... At Brexit time, there was a bus going up and down High Street saying that £350 million a week would go on the NHS. That hadn't, that didn't happen. So if they got rid of the royal family, I don't think all of a sudden we're going to have all this extra money lying about and it's going to go in our pockets, is it? Uh, OK, I, I've got, I'm neither way there for the royal family, but clearly bringing a lot of money. Um, good luck to them. I felt a bit sorry for Prince Harry. He should have been front row. But I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the tea party and the coronation chicken sandwiches that I had so uh, oh it was a nice long weekend and that's I think long weekend anything to come out of the last couple of week weekends John four day weeks not working on a Monday is definitely the future yeah I mean I I was working Sunday and Monday actually so I didn't really get the uh, the full bank holiday experience um but four day weeks working on a Monday is what someone I know very well does and and she would definitely say that that's the that's the way forward um, it was, it was, and this week will be an absolute killer when I have to go to work on a Monday because uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the uh, the long weekends. But we move on, and we have got another one soon. So there you go. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've had a, I've had a lovely weekend actually, despite the fact I was working for two of the days. Um, the weather so needs to improve though, because that's been crap. We need to get some hot weather. I think I've worn my shorts once this year. Normally. I'm constantly in shorts, so he needs to sort himself out. It's been quite nice here a couple of days. It was nice this morning in the sun. It was very nice. Um, went out for a run and everything. So, you know, it's not the um, it's, it's not 
It's not that we bad, should... but it's not that good. You're, you're right. I mean, we should be in our shorts by now. I mean, let's face it. We've now got our flip-flops and our cocktails on when we're recording this week's show because it is the last one of the season. Uh, and it won't be too long until I'm doing that uh, in real life on holiday as well. Um, but, yeah, it just would be nice, wouldn't it, to, to have a, a, a bit nice weather. Hopefully it'll be nice for the last bank holiday weekend in May. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, right, it's our 256th episode this week, and as we said last week, there's loads of computer stuff around it. You know, it's one of those numbers that you get if you start with two and you keep doubling. So when my dream of a cup competition involving all the teams comes true, uh, a straight knockout, we'll have a last 256. Or if it was capped at 256 teams, at least we get all of our step three and above teams involved, and maybe even one or two from step four. Uh, I also found a game called Minus 256, which is a first-person walking simulator with pixel graphics, which apparently takes 20 minutes to finish. Uh, it's also the number of columns that were available in a Microsoft Excel worksheet until Excel 2007 was released. Matt, how on earth did you cope before 2007? Uh, I didn't actually know that. Well, yeah, I do love a spreadsheet, so... Um... You can go as big as you want now these days. So, yes, yes. But 2007 that was. So back in the glory days, you couldn't do anything from there. Interesting. Absolutely. Uh, let's let's get on. You, with you really show. meant that one, didn't you? Uh, I did. I'll you, tell you, you what. Use, you don't use Excel as much, do you? Um, I've used it a little bit. Uh, I've used it for, um, I used to use it more when I had the business. Um, I would, I would use the odd spreadsheet here and there. And in my new full-time permanent job uh, my day job I, I think there's a scope to start using spreadsheets a little bit so yeah I've, I've got ambitions of using it but I'm not your, uh, your your typical spreadsheet lover I know you're a big fan and my friend Andy uh, is also a massive fan he's 40 this week so happy birthday uh, to him for Friday um, but yeah I'm not a massive Microsoft Excel lover I, I've never got to grips really with all the special things you can do to make it do funny maths and stuff. I worked out a couple of bits that helped me with the business, but it still, for me, was a bit of a faff. Well, make your life complete, mate, that can. Well, maybe I need to do more spreadsheets then. Uh, <laughs> right, let's get on with the show and a double dose of playoff disappointment on Sunday. We will start with Bromley, who put in hell of an effort at Chesterfield. Having beaten Woking 2-1 on Wednesday to reach the last four, they were down to 10 men and a goal down deep into stoppage time. But a brilliant finish from Michael Cheek took it to extra time. But it just wasn't to be as Liam Mandeville's goal took the spirites to Wembley. After the dust had settled, Matt spoke to Bromley boss Andy Woodman. I couldn't have asked anymore from the squad of players and team. Um, and it was just margins in the end. It just didn't go out of the way. Um, playing, you know, on the day, we wouldn't as good as Chesterfield. Um, but it's knockout football sometimes. You have to go away from home and... And weather and storm and uh, had to get through that little period and, and away you go, which we did. Um, but in the end, I think we, we were just a, a hurdle to be far once we went down at 10 men. Yeah, I suppose when I spoke to you, I think at the back end of last season after you'd won the trophy, your aim was to, to you know, to get into the playoffs. But you said this division was hard, going to be harder this season. And when you're looking at the teams in it, was it harder than you imagined? Yes, uh, I think um, I, I maintain that this is uh, a, a very tough, a very tough division. Um, I look at, uh, I don't mean specifically to League Two, but I look at League Two, and there is, you know, half a dozen, maybe a bit more than that, teams that are, I think are really good. Uh, and then the rest of them, I think uh, any team that definitely could probably give them a good game. So um, it was it was a tough tough, te- uh, tough season, you know. 
the money that's been brought into the league. Um, but on top of that, I think the excitement that's been brought into the league, you know, and then me and, 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 and even the Chesterfield. So, so it's, it's, it's been a good season. I've enjoyed it. Uh, it's been tough. We nearly, you know, nearly made it. Um, but we have to go again. Yeah, I suppose that is, as a manager, you never get too high after you win and never get too low when you lose. It, it's, it's building a house, probably resume, you know, your plan is to build for next season as well now, is it? I suppose, as a manager, yeah, talking to players, etc. Yeah, I've started already. I mean, obviously, I thought the best, the best sort of medicine after, after the, the disappointment Sunday was really, you know, to have, have a day off on, on Monday and then start, just been on the phone. Um, Starting to sort of look to try and build the squad for next year and make it um, better. Um, though I'm got the resources, uh, haven't got any more resources. Um, so we have to work within our parameters, and that, that, that's not always easy to do. But but that's that's what we've got, you know. We're, um, we're unfortunately we don't get crowds of ten, eleven thousand. Crazy. Have you got players out of contract that you'd like to keep, and players out of contract you think yeah. will move on? Yeah. Yeah, we're negotiating with certain plans at the moment um, uh, that we're trying to just get uh, done. Uh, and we've got players on options, which uh, we'll just take up their options. Um, and then there'll be uh, one that's due probably uh, tomorrow. Um, then we'll, we'll start uh, just the summer building. I, I presume Bromley, uh, you know, I'm, I remember Bromley going there 15, 20 years ago and maybe 10 years ago and they were getting gates of 200, 250 and the infrastructure of the club is, is phenomenal now. It, it's, it's an attractive uh, proposition for certain players and isn't it at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I think the sort of um, the run we've had uh, and, and, the, and the good press and publicity we've got and the way we've gone about playing young players and playing players probably that are not so much well-known and, and taking chances on players... It certainly, um, it certainly gives more options than, than this year than I've, than I've known before. Um, there's a lot more agents, you know, uh, offering up their players to us. Um, so that, so that helps. Um, but we've got to make sure we, we bring the right characters with the right DNA into, into what we're trying to achieve at this football club. And, and, you, and you're right. I mean, 10 or 12 years ago, I'm, I'm, the, the crowds probably were 200. Um, we're up around the 3,000 mark. Um, which is his progression in itself, you know. So uh, we've got to keep making sure that these fans, uh, we keep adding to these fans and they, and they enjoy the, the product that we're putting out on the pitch. You mentioned the academy there. When, when you came to the club, did you realise how good the youth academy is and what you had coming through? Well, I don't mean to be disrespectful. Uh, we call it an academy, and, and rightly so, it is an academy. Mm. But it isn't like a, um, a football league academy, you know. It, it, these boys are on a college course. Yeah. Um, we, we, we treat them like academy players, but, you know, these boys come from a college system. Um, and, and, and let me tell you that the people in the academy, the work they do and the quality of player they get recruited onto the, the college system is, is phenomenal. And they, they really should be uh, applauded for that. Um, did I know that they were as good as they were? No, but I was pretty sure and, and certain that I would certainly be looking to get any of them into our team. Uh, one, because it helps us balance the books a little bit, my end, and and equally, I, I don't think um, I don't think it's a bad advert really to to get young players playing, get them in the team. You know, and we've proven that this year, and uh, I think we're probably one of the only teams that's probably played as many eighteen and nineteen year olds in the league. Okay, looking ahead for next season, 
If Notts County, you know, Notts County and Chesterfield, two massive clubs. If Notts County go, do you think it it could be a bit of a more open league next season if the so-called bigger, no. bigger crowds? No, I don't. I think, um, I think there'd just be more, more, you know, clubs that step into those shoes. I mean, if you look at when we went to Oldham, um, the last away game of the season, you know, there was like seven and a half, eight thousand there. Oldham were a big club. Southend were a big club. Um, You know, Chesterfield and Oz County, if one of those doesn't go up, they're big clubs. So it'll be, every year, there'll always be two or three or four pretty big clubs in the league. Um, and we've just got to make sure we, we keep cutting that cloth accordingly and, and putting out a team that can compete. And I've said all along, if you can build around the top 10 come sort of January, you know, you've you just got to put a run together to get in. And that's, that's, that's what we did this year. Uh, and, and we've got to maintain that that's got, that was got to be our goal. But overall, you know, how much have you enjoyed the season? You know, the, the win at Woking, the buzz around the club when I've been there. It's a great place to be around, Bromley, isn't it? club with a, a, a fantastic uh, community spirit uh, that's something I haven't experienced at many clubs um, that I've worked at and, and I've enjoyed that part of it where you, where you can really interact with the supporters um, and yeah it's, it's been a good it's been a good a good season and a good club to be at we just I just you know still ruined that we couldn't have gone that little bit further but look I, I think uh, it's time now to sort of uh, park that and get the next season start the process you enjoy a bit of a break though will you no well, well yes and no I've got my daughter's <laughs> wedding uh, oh, okay. so uh, I've now got to put a bit of energy and time into a wedding which is abroad um, with a load of people going abroad so I'm going to put a bit of energy into that now um, and then once that's out of the way, we'll be we'll be back to work. Uh, and I suppose, uh, daughter, being the father of the bride, you've got to carry on working to pay for the wedding. I suppose. Yeah, well, listen, I, I, I think if we got promoted, it would have been maybe a slightly different wedding. But um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to just have to have sandwiches now rather than uh, smoked salmon. <laughs> well, he ended with a smile and a joke at least, Matt, and, and that's something we should discuss at a later date as well. Uh, but he, he would have been gutted on Sunday night, wouldn't he? Not that anything should take away from another fine campaign for him and his team, Matt. Yeah, I think they've had a really good season. I think he's a really good manager and I think Bromley are a respected, established and well-liked National League club. As I say, gates of nearly 3,000 when they were getting 200. The, the quality of the football, the play, the youngsters playing. And I think maybe next year could be a, a good season for Bromley. If Andy Woodman, I presume... I think a lot of people will be looking at him. Um, we sort of queried it when he got the job, but in his, what, three seasons, a trophy win, two playoff um, campaigns. I think he's, he's done a fantastic job at a club that's really on the up. And I still do believe that if they can carry on this and the investment they've got within three to five years, or even could be even earlier than that, I think they can be a football league club. Yeah, I know you were really impressed with with the setup when you were there a few weeks ago, Matt. And and you know everything's going in the right direction. And Andy Woodman has done a fantastic job there. I think you know everyone was a bit uh, clouded, I suppose, when he came in by the fact that Neil Smith was so popular uh, and had done so well. But 
I kind of think Andy Woodman has justified it because he has taken them to the next level. Yeah. And it's really interesting comments there as well, especially about the academy. But that's one massive thing for Bromley, that they bring through these youngsters. And, you know, they are in a congested area. So they are doing very well to be getting these youngsters to, to sign on for them. And that shows the, the value of, of the sort of systems that they're putting in place. As he says, they're a college course and things like that. So it's not just all about playing football. Uh, and, you know, I think that's a massive thing for Bromley. And, you know, they've really brought the town together. And as you said, as you said to him there, you know, what, 10, 15 years ago, they were getting 200 people through the doors. Now look at them. Yeah, I just think the investment they've had, um, what they're doing off the pitch with the owner, you know, it's very easy to do. You can do all that thing, but not be successful on the pitch. They've been successful on the pitch. And I think it, what will come as well is when... You know, some of these academy prospects, they go up higher, higher up a different level because teams will look at them, they'll go on. Then everybody will think, oh, like the Bromley Academy's got a good job, doing a good job. We can bring players through. So I, I think they're going in the right direction. So I, 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 and even though he said about next season, oh, it's, it's still going to be tough. I think it is. But I think Bromley are in a very, very good position to react to that if Notts County go up Chesterfield will throw a bit of money at it but I definitely think it's a more open league next year and an experience that Bromley have got and I'm sure he'll bring in extra quality players I, I, I would I, I would expect them next season to be one of the favourites to, to, to get promoted I think he's, he kind of played that down because I think he doesn't want that favourites tag but you know you are right I think it's going to be an interesting division in that obviously the Chesterfield or Notts County will be promoted, um, whichever one of those will be there or thereabouts. Um, and then you've also got the teams. I, I'm sure there are some teams who saw what was happening at Wrexham this year and thought, let's put some money in the bank and, and, and wait and see what happens. So I think there'll also be teams next season who have finished mid-table that will probably be having a really good go at it. But I think Bromley have got the foundations, you know, they've got good players there they've got a good squad they seem to have a good togetherness they, they keep players well they retain players well yeah I think that's uh, crucial as well John and one Very, thing as well is you, you've seen the odd thing where a player like Louis Dennis has gone into the league and when that hasn't quite worked out for him where's he come back to he comes back to Bromley you know it looks to me like the sort of club that people really connect to when they play for it and I think that's absolutely fantastic and I think that's going to set them in good stead and, and I think the days of Bromley being um you know viewed as as a lesser team in the National League are probably behind them now. I think that they're going to be looking to be pushing uh, around there. And as you say, Matt, I think there's no reason why in the next three years they will not be in the Football League. And, and I think that would be a fantastic achievement. We've seen clubs before that have done that and they've been able to build on it. And I'm sure that Bromley, with the infrastructure that they've got in place and, you know, a, a, a great manager in Andy Woodman, they're, they're well set to be the next ones, aren't they? Yeah, I think maybe they need, you know, Michael Cheeks do a 15, 20 goals um, striker. Maybe if they can get another striker just to help him out, that extra little thing. Maybe George Alexander still a lot of goals on, on his loan spells out at the um, uh, International League South. Maybe he could be a man because he's a good player as well. So I just think, yeah, I think they've got the ability. It's interesting to see who they bring in over the summer. But if you're a Bromley fan, you know, you'll be absolutely heartbroken losing to Chesterfield on Sunday. But I think looking at the bigger picture, you've probably got a good chance of success next season. You know, with, with that, you know, 
it's going to come expectation with those 3,000 fans will be right. We want to go to the next level. And, that, and that's Andy Woodburn to sort of um, hose that down a little bit. And he did in that interview, but he must know they've got a good chance next season. That means there will still be two clubs in the top flight of non-league football next season from Kent, uh, with Dartford missing out on the chance to join Bromley and Ebbsfleet after more playoff heartbreak at Prince's Park. It ended 1-1 after extra time between the Darts and St Albans, and one missed kick proved decisive for the home side as they missed out 5-3 in the penalty shootout. Second in the table, Matt, but once again, the Darts miss out on promotion in the playoffs. I think it's it five seasons out of seven. Um, you've got a feel for them. Um and it shows how difficult it is to get out of the National League South when you're you know, a play called Big Club always constantly knocking on the door. So um, from what I gather from the game, both sides maybe didn't deserve to win it, but comes down to the lottery of the penalty kicks and unfortunately, Dartford didn't do it. What I will say about Dartford, I must have seen them half a dozen times this season. Did I think they were going to get promoted? I don't think the standard was particularly great um, generally in the, in the National League South this season. And Dartford didn't really um, stand out for me as a side that could, you know, I think, well, they're a great side. I've seen better sides than Dartford this season. And maybe I thought, I just didn't think they were going to go up, you know. I just didn't feel that they had that extra bit of quality to do it. So I'm not too surprised, but They'll go again. I'm sure Alan Dowson will maybe tinker with the squad a little bit more now that he's he's got a full pre-season to bring players in. And maybe they, it could be the end of people like Tom Bonner. Does he want to lead again? Does he want to, all those heartaches of playoffs? Um, maybe we'll look to go somewhere else. It'll be interesting for them. But a good, a good season under Alan Dowson. But as he said in his interviews, he, he's done what other people have done at that club. Got them so close, but yet so far. I read, Matt, some viewpoints from Dartford fans online that Alan Dowson inherited a few players that he was kind of had to play this season. And the hope is now, as you kind of said there, that he'll be able to tinker with the squad, bring in his own players and, and really push them forward. And, you know, you, you said you never really were sure if, if you thought they were going to be um, promoted this season, but they did do the double over the champions, you know, so they obviously had something about them. But ultimately, I think, I don't know. You said last week, did finishing second and being second for so long affect their preparation? It might have done. Um, but either way, from what the reports I read, they should have put St Albans away, shouldn't they, on on Sunday? And I think that's ultimately the disappointment. And, you know, it's going to become a thing. As you said, they've had a lot of playoff campaigns. They've been close so many times. They've got to get over the line at some point. And, you know, while it's wonderful having all these players who've been there for years and years and years, do these defeats stick with them? You know, do they do they hurt them? Do, do they, as you said there about Tom Bonner, does he want to go again? Does he want to go through it again? And we've talked before about mentalities. And there is obviously something in, in Dartford at the moment that they just can't get over that line. So I suppose their aim is next year, win the bloody thing. Well, which, which I think it's easier said than done. So the league's going to be even tougher next season with the sides that are coming down. So, yeah. It's a difficult one. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what Alan Dowson does with his squad. I think Dowson retain list, who he keeps, who he goes. A couple of players I'd like. I'd quite like Harvey Bradbury there, the guy who scored the goal. He said goodbye. He's still at Dorchester. So 
it'd be interesting, interesting summer for the darts. And as you say, we mentioned Bromley have got players who've been there for a while. Tom Bonner, brilliant player. Player constantly in the team of the season. But again, it must, you know, as captain, it must hurt him that he just can't get over the line. It just shows how tough this division can be. And, um, you know, if, if you're a Dover fan listening to this, Dover a long way from being a playoff side, but he's taken Dartford, you know, who've been successful at this level, you know, nearly 10 years and they still can't get out of it. And that's the thing that I suppose uh, is going to hurt. I mean, we're looking at the moment, you talk about retainers there, that they're coming up all over the place. Uh, Ebb Street released four players. Uh, I've seen them in talks with the rest of the squad, trying to keep them there. Uh, Welling, a lot of players moving on from there already, uh, including their player of the season. Uh, and Adi Aziz has also confirmed that he'll be moving on. So He's got a beer, Ricky, Adi Aziz. Has he? Well, I didn't even know that. I just saw that he'd moved on. Um, but it's, you know, it's an interesting time of year, isn't it? When you've got all this... Uh, all, all these comings and goings, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of them. And, and you know, there's no point sitting here on in the middle of May and saying, well, these should do well next year. We won't know until that until we're back with you uh, on next season's Kent Nolly podcast. Um, who's going to be there or thereabouts? But you know, it's kind of a bit like we were just saying about Bromley. I said, you know, teams are starting to respect Bromley. Teams know that Dartford are a team to beat. And I, and I think sometimes actually that hinders them because people will raise their game against them, won't they? Yeah, a successful side, you know. It's a bit like the Chelmsford situation as well, isn't it? Chelmsford always do well. They can't get through the playoffs. And it may be, you say, it's a mentality thing and say, right, we can get into these these players. They're a big club. We know if we beat them, we're going to be doing well. Or finish higher than them, we'll be doing well. So, yeah, it's just a, I just feel for Dartford. But, as I said, I just didn't feel they had the quality. There's better better players, better better teams than them, even though they were more consistent than the other sides. Just didn't think they had enough to get it over the line. Big ass next season. If you it, looking already, if you finish above Torquay, you'll probably do well next season. What about if you finish above Dover? Um, you'll be a half decent you'll be a middle of the table team <laughs> elsewhere it was a largely disappointing campaign for margate but it ended on a high note as they picked up the kent senior trophy after beating chatham town on penalties in last week's final at priestwood stadium uh, gate led the Eastman league southeast champions until the seventh minutes of stoppage time but after the late level that took it to penalties gate prevailed with danny kedwell denied by daniel Ginadu, leaving harry hudson to net the winning kick Almost a week after the final, Matt spoke to Gate boss Reese Prestige earlier today. I think it's, it's been a long while for, for Margate to um, have won something as well. Um, and it was just nice to end the season on, on, on a bit of a high, especially for the club and the fans. Um, and it was, it was a very good game, to be honest. Chatham have been a very successful side. You know, them, Margate, you know, going in front and then you're equalising, you know, virtually the last kick of the game. What were your words to the players ahead of the penalty kicks? Um, to be honest, it was just more that what's done is done. Um, it, it, it's a shame, obviously, but it's happened. Um, and now it just got focused on on the, the pens. Um, I didn't tell anyone, sort of, we didn't want anyone to just go into it. He didn't really want a penalty, so I, I just asked who wanted them. Um, unfortunately enough, it was five of the boys actually scored so um, had you practiced penalties in any way before no not really um, like 
you, obviously you can practice playing as much as you want, but when it's a game day, it's, it's a, a different atmosphere. It's a different sort of um, ball game, if, if, if I'm honest. Um, so uh, I did have three centre halves and two cent- two holding midfielders taking penalties. So um, they, they they was the ones that wanted to step up and. They, they actually produced, so um, credit to them, to be honest. Yeah, you had a decent following there. You know, I live in the Thanet area. You know, Margate, you know, had some ups and downs over the years, but the potential was definitely there, isn't there? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think Margate, well, I think if you look at Margate as a club, and that we probably finished a lot lower than um, we should do. Um, and like I said, it was just nice to have... A, a good high to, to finish the season on um, and now we've just got to rebuild it and it, hopefully it gives us a bit more momentum going into the season hey, From your point of view what do you do over the summer? Have you got, been speaking to new players coming in players you currently got I suppose it's the hardest part is maybe releasing players who've been with you for the last six months or so um, we, Well I've spoken to obviously players that, that, that we have already um, a few players, obviously, that um, will be moving on. Um, hopefully, a few players that are staying and a few players that have, have, have agreed. So, um, that side of it, obviously, non-league, there's always going to be movement. Players are always going to want to play higher. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a bit of a process, but also we're, we're, we're only going to sort of look at bringing in the right players, the right characters... Um, to, to build on from what we've already done. Is there plenty of players out there again, you think? You'd be looking at players who played at higher level or players coming up and being successful at lower levels? Um, I think there's, there's going to be plenty of movement. Um, I think, obviously, as you, have you seen from our league already, there's been a lot of movement with managers as well. So... Um, I'd expect when certain teams get new managers in and stuff like that, they're going to have their own look at it. Um, and there'll be loads of players to sort of have a look. We've, we've got targets set that we want. Um, and hopefully um, we get a few of them. You're never going to get all your targets. Um, and we're realistic with that. So um, we just want to try and try and get a hold of, of the one like the main ones that we need at the moment um, and then hopefully have a look in pre-season and see see what else is about What would you say the expectations are for next season for Margate? Um, the expectations of Margate are the expectations from me Oh both really what would you say you know Margate you know should be you know can support um, a conference south club as a club, I think you've got to be aiming for at least top half of the table, if yeah. I'm honest. Um, I think that's where Margate deserve to be. Um, and I, like, I've got no, no, no doubt that we, we will push as hard as we can to get there. Um, what expectations do you put on yourself then? Um, I, obviously, I would, I would have to say, obviously, top half of the table as well. But we're, we're, we're not in it just to be like mid-table to be honest me and Ben obviously want to push and, and, and get cl- as close to the playoffs as we can if I'm honest um, obviously that would be a very tall ask con- considering obviously the season we've had um, but like I said we're, we're not in it just to we're in it to win um, and we want to like 
get as get as high up as we can. Yeah. Have you enjoyed the? You know, you had a, a very good non-league career. Have you enjoyed the managerial side of it? Yeah, I have to be honest. Um, it's it's sort of falling on me a little bit with it, but um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Um, Ben's a big help with it as well. Uh, ben enjoys this side of it, and he obviously still plays. Um, and we work really well together, so it's, it's probably um, quite an easy transition for me and Ben. Did, did you expect to go into management when you finished playing? I know you've been a bit of coaching. Um, yeah, like that's, that was always a route I was hoping to go down, um, to give it a go, see how I felt with it. Um, and yeah, obviously it's come a, probably a bit quicker than I expected. Um, but uh, yeah, at the moment I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> There's a lot of young managers around now. That seems to be the in vogue to get young managers out. You think that um, there's a lot of hunger for those younger managers? You think rather than maybe the pl- the managers who maybe seen it being that through many through many clubs. Um, I think I think it's more of um, some some clubs at the moment are looking at, at players that have been at their club for a long while. Um, They've got a bit of heart for their their, their own club, um, and when they're getting to that stage, that they, they if they want the role sort of thing, they're sort of giving them the chance, and I think that's good because um, I think football's changed a lot in the last ten years. So, um, would you say that in the way you have to deal with players has changed? When you started out, would a manager deal differently with how you deal with a player? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think. Um, like, times have changed a lot since I, I, well, since I first stepped into senior football. Um, and it's just a, a different way of sort of dealing with it. I think I think you've got to do a lot of man management now. And it's, it, it, it's just a progression of the game. One of the best part of 3,000 people there to see it, Matt. And Margate and Reese Prestige will hope that that can be a catalyst for a better season next time around. Yeah, I, it seems like a really good um, game for the neutral. Both Chatham and Margate fans come out in abundance. Margate got it through. Reese Prestige, I think he's playing down their chances maybe for next season. But as we've seen before from Margate, they've never seemed to have these starts and they never sort of get going. He's not saying they're going to be in the playoffs next season, but clearly he's going to try and get them going in a better place. And I think as if they can improve on what they've done this season, bring some players in, bit of a cup run, Margate uh, just need a little bit of success for their fans. So I'm delighted for their supporters who, you know, saw um, them pick up the Kent Senior Cup, even though what we think of as Kent Senior Cup. But I think Margate just need a little bit of stability. Um, we saw that. They've gone through managers for a while. So Reese Prestige, I think he's probably, you know, Clearly keen to do a job with Ben Greenhow. Um, they seem to be liked by the supporters. Just a bit of stability for Margate is the way forward. Maybe, you know, hover around the playoff positions, but a bit of stability, sort the ground out a little bit and then move on. I, I think that's the key thing for Margate over the next year because something they haven't had for a long time, I would say, is stability. Uh, and Reese Prestige there, Matt, relatively new in charge. And I think... You know, he, he seems like he's he's up for it next season, but I think there's work to do, isn't it? He said you want they want to hover around the playoffs and, and be in and around there. 
but it's going to be a tough division again, the Eastman League Premier Division. And Margate just needs some stability. That, that's the one thing that Margate have not had in the past few years. Look at all the different managers that have come and gone through those doors. What they need is they need Bruce Prestige to be in charge for the whole season and they need the fans to get behind them as they did last Wednesday and really get that team going in the right direction. Yeah, uh, I, I, I 100% agree with you. That's what they need to do. Um, I think Margate's still an attractive club to people. Um, a big club. Of course, they have the glory days of being, in, you know, riding high in the National League a long time ago now. But stability is absolutely key. Get a solid squad in. I think Bruce Prestige probably knows the Essex market. I think he's based around that way. He might be able to attract players in. But they've had some good managers over the years, Margate. But, you know, or good up and, you know, Steve Watt, Jay Saunders. Um, but just haven't kicked on. And it's a big job, I think, Margate. If you can get them back in the conference south, I think that's a a really good where they should be. On the, I think the crowds would go up, uh, and I think there. But it's, it's a tough job. It's stability from Reese. And again, if Margate are not top top ten by Christmas, don't pull the plug or anything like that. Look into where the future of the club is. Get them going in the right direction. And again, any silly decision to get rid of managers you don't really want to be in there yeah and I think you know it's just a thing with uh with Margate as I've said so many times I want Margate to do well the people of Margate want it want them to do well and it's just making sure that everyone's pulling in the right direction because you know I'm in the Margate supporters group on Facebook and sometimes they cannot be a very cheerful bunch and and you know I think sometimes they maybe need to temper their expectations but if Reese Prestige goes in there and they finish ninth next season I think that'll be a job well done and then they can push on and, and see where they can go from there but like you say don't get to a point midway through the season and pull the plug and people get on on the backs of the players and the management team because that's not the way to do it um and it'll be interesting to see uh how they do because what, the potential what, 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 what is there. the fans think of the on the face they're very happy they won the kids senior cup I take it well of course yeah I mean I think you'd have to be particularly miserable to not enjoy that but yeah I think they were they were happy with that one um so yeah it's uh it's one of those isn't it but yeah i think it's just uh it's it's tough but uh margate have got the potential but they just need to be maybe a little bit patient and i think sometimes you know they're still a little bit tainted by the success they had under bob lazit and they think that can come again but actually i think it's tougher than well, what was that was their success under bob lazit though and they, got promoted. Well, they got promoted to the national league south didn't they they had a season where they were absolutely brilliant to be brutally honest but, yeah, but again, as a club, they didn't. We saw him with Bromley. You know the infrastructure they had built, etc. There was no infrastructure built at all um, from a Margate point of view, and they're probably still paying for that now, aren't they? I think that's the thing. Like I, I did always say this at the time when I was. I mean, I was the reporter for Margate, so I wanted them to do well. But there was always the fact in my head of you've got to do this the right way. You know, you've got to get people in. You've got to build the stadium up. You've got to get the stadium looking good and sharp so that it's an attractive place to play football. And that's what you Bromley have done well. That's what Chatham have done well. That's what Sheppey have done well. And that's what Margate haven't done. And, you know, again, I'll... do you know what? I'm going to put my neck on the line with a with prediction here, even though having just said we won't know till July what, where teams are going to be and everything like that. I'll be surprised... Even though they beat them in the cup last week, I will be surprised if Margate finish above Chatham. Does that make sense? I would say um, 
you're 99% there, I'll be very surprised if Chatham, from what I'm hearing, that what they're looking to do next season, that Mark, or all the thought Chatham will look a bit of Margate. If they do that, um, Margate, again, expectations look, have got to be reined in, I think, from a Margate point of view. But just just don't stack managers or try and keep Reese Bristol all season would be a good idea. Yeah, and I'm sure that having made that comment about uh, their respective league positions, uh, that a gentleman uh, who managed, currently manages a team in green and white hoops has probably bookmarked that moment of the podcast and will use it against us uh, when Margate win the league next season. <laughs> Actually, while we're talking about uh, managers, Matt, a couple of, uh, of moves around. Ben Smith uh, is the new manager at Ramsgate. Um, we've seen Jamie Coyle has today been appointed as assistant manager at Irith and Belvedere as well. Um, good appointment, Ben Smith. It, we both heard some some different names have been linked with that job. But when you look at it from, from a sensible point of view, he's a local bloke. He got promoted out of this league uh, last season. And, you know, him and Ramsgate could be a match made in heaven. I, I, I think it's it's a good appointment from from Ramsgate. Um, I felt for, for Jamie Crawley could have done job there. Um, he's given him a two-year contract. So, and Ramsgate have been through some managers over the last eight year or so. So, yeah, I think Ben Smith will go in there. Interesting if he picks up some of the players he's had at Herne Bay, um, knows how to get out of this division. Will be expectations for Ramsgate. They'll be one of the favourites to win the league. But, again, he's a very focused man, but based in the area. May help. Um, he might know some of the best young players as well that he can bring through to the club. So, uh, it seems a, it seems a, um, a a wise appointment. Again, if he's given the opportunity under a two-year contract um, to to see it through. That's the thing, isn't it? I mean, I, I think that's the crucial thing of this appointment. He's their first contracted manager, and he's been given a two-year deal. In the last two seasons, Ramsgate have made a change late in the season. And hasn't worked out for them. And they're obviously looking at it thinking, well, do you know what? Let's go for the stability option. Uh, we'll get Ben in uh, and we'll see how he goes. Yeah. yeah. Again, he's got to hit the ground running. Uh, I would have thought that they could be uh, the key thing. Get the ground running. Interesting to see who they bring in. Again, you expect them to be in the playoff positions under Ben can, or, or even win the league. So, a wise appointment. I heard he was going back to Herne Bay, John. So, uh, shows that I would do. And we're still waiting for Herne Bay to announce a new manager. Yes. And also, VCD are on the lookout for a new manager as well after Michael Power. Uh, was uh, left the club on uh, Tuesday. It was announced. Obviously, VCD relegated to the scaffold. Um, but I think that's probably, it's an appealing job. I mean, you look at uh, the clear favourites to win that league are, are Faversham, who, if you've not seen, have added Gary Lockyer uh, to their ranks already for next season. I saw that, yeah. To go with the two players from Folkestone uh, and the players that they've already got lying around. Um, they are the clear favourites for that division, but you've got four playoff places in there. Uh, and VCD, I'm sure they've got a competitive budget. And, and I think that's a job that people will be interested in. Yeah, again, feel sorry for Michael Powell. I've seen him play for a long time, but he seemed disappointed he didn't get the job. Regrouping the scaffold. Again, a lot of people will be looking at that job, thinking it's a good job, as if they can bounce back. So, um, yeah, feel for that. But hopefully Michael Powell can bounce back. 
Yes, absolutely. I'm sure he's got plenty to offer the game with all of his experience. Uh, well, the senior football is finished, but there are still games to come. A star-studded charity game at Chittingbourne on Saturday among them. I'm going to throw out there's an emotional one booked in at the Gallagher Stadium where Alex Fisher will have his testimonial. Uh, the former Maidstone man retired at the start of the season after another serious injury, and now he's getting ready for the big day. I spoke to him just after his final club, Hyth Town, lost their playoff final at Whitehawk last week. The disco was in full flow, but hopefully we'll be able to hear this clearly because it is a good one. So here he is, starting by talking about that loss for Hyth. It's Alex Fisher. Yeah, guys, really. I mean, the boys, the run the boys have been on since, since Christmas. Obviously, I've been away away from football, but looking at the results, and I, I don't think you can... I mean, they've had a lot of stickers to for, for them getting in the playoffs, and I think... The run they've been on, you can't you can't fault them, and the hard work that Watty and Daz and Mickey Phillips and Elder, everyone's put in at the club. Um, they deserve they deserve sat a bit more out of the game, I think. But um, playoff finals and cup finals are always always tight games. So um, yeah, it's a shame, but I'm sure sure next year Watty'll have another squad to, to go again. How's it been for you this year? Obviously, it's the start of the season that you call time on, on playing. Has it been tough for you? Uh, yeah, I think it's worse, I think, when I actually come to football. Like, like I was just talking to Mickey Phillips then and just saying, when you, you sort of stand there watching and you just, you just want to get be involved. You know, like before the game in the changing rooms and what he's doing his team talk, because you sort of stood there and it just, it, you just miss, there's bits you miss, not just the football. And um, it's been hard, I'm not going to lie, it's been hard, but um, I've got to look after myself first of all and my, and my family as well so um, I've got little ones that, that want to play football so being able to play football with them is more important than but we see don't a lot about pre- uh, professional footballers when they drop out there's no support and stuff I suppose at least it, one way you can look at it is you're a little bit older and, and you were a semi-professional footballer rather than it being everything for you yeah I mean yeah I mean I've I've started, so I've, I've tried to keep myself busy, really. I've got kids, obviously, and he has football on a Saturday, and I've been going to work odd Saturdays just to to keep busy. But like I said, I helped Watty out the other week at a game when Daz, Daz couldn't make it, and you sort of go away from it, and that's what that's when the feelings come back of missing it and wanting to be involved. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I still enjoy coming and... I just just want to lie. I'll, I'll, if what he ever needs a hand, I'll always give him a hand for everything he's done for me. It's, it's the least least I can give back to him. So. Uh, the big days in a couple of weeks. Your your testimonial at, yep. at the Gallagher. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, really looking forward to it. So um, should be should be a good night. I've got everyone, got the band back together as everyone keeps saying. So um, yeah, can't can't wait to sort of get get out, well, get back out and play as well. And, um, what he's playing, who's not played for sort of five, six years. You're so, um, you are you? Yeah, no, I'll give he'd be on my team. So, um, yeah, no, it should be good. I can't wait to sort of get back down to Maidstone and get all the old faces back together. Well, Maidstone was obviously the best time of your career, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, without doubt, without doubt. Going from, obviously started there as a youngster, made my debut at sort of 16, 17, and then spent... I think I think it was nine and a half years. So when you're at a club for that long, and obviously it's my hometown club as well, it's you get sort of more of affectionate. So um, going from and what what we achieved, I think as as a part-time club with not limited resources, but when you look at obviously in the Conference South, you had like Ebbsfleet and Sutton who were chucking silly money around, and Jay sort of kept the same squad, added a couple of players, and going from. 
obviously I started at we was at Ashford went back to Sittingbourne then moved to Maidstone and then when I left we was in the conference it's it's a big it's a big vast change from from where I started so um, yeah I'm really proud of obviously playing for my hometown club and playing playing at the level I played even after after my injury as well to come back back from that and and get to where I got to is is quite an achievement I think Injuries are, are, are obviously something that's going to, I suppose, haunt you in a way. It, it was just tough for you, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the first one, first one was a tackle, which can happen to anyone, I suppose. Um, I've got different views on that tackle to some people, but um, it's, it's one of them things. And then the one, um, the one at uh, Margate when I was with Watty was just a freak. The pre-season game. 10 seconds to go and I literally turned and it just popped and that was it and then that was that was my ACL which was a different one to the first one so um, that weakened it and then pre-season literally doing doggies run five yards turned popped again and I mean a few of the boys around me thought someone kicked me the noise it made and I literally I was right in front of Nathan Elder when it happened and I was just sat on the floor and I just said, that was it. As soon as I'd done it, I knew, I was just sat down and just said to Watty, Nathan, Darren and Franny, I was just like, that's it. I can't, I can't keep going through this sort of pain just, that, to, just to play football. I, I think that's what we said at the start, you know, going full circle. Yeah. Your family and wanting to play yeah. football. Yeah. And, and your day-to-day life. Exactly, know? yeah. And I've we, got quite we, a physical we, job as well. People so. would say being a footballer is a dream, but yeah. when it gets to your, the stage you got to, you had to make that call. Yeah, I mean, I sat, I'd sat. i already sat down with my wife the season before when I popped my shoulder. And I said to her, I said, like, or we said together, like, one more bad injury that's it so it's the, it's like the data so like you said like obviously I've got a physical job so I need to keep in half decent shape and then another operation is more time off work and, and stuff like that so um, yeah you just have to look look after yourself before obviously I mean I can keep I, I can't keep playing I got told to stop but you could keep going if I wanted to and then in five ten years time not be able to walk and then you're in a completely different situation. So um, I think I've called, I've called it at the right time, but a bit too early for me. But um, there's nothing I can do about that. So. Uh, and a testimonial, obviously, you'll be hoping for a big crowd down there and, 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 a, and a great day and a chance for the Maidstone fans to show their appreciation. Yeah, so I've sold, sold quite a few tickets already. I was at the game uh, last Saturday against Notts County. County and I was at the... Barnet game so I sold a few tickets there and quite a few have gone online so um, hope it's pay on the gate so um, I'm hoping a few people more people turn up on the day so um, everyone I speak to that obviously remembers like the Ryman Premier years and the FA Cup runs and that they're, they're all excited to have everyone back so um, it should, should be a good evening just fine this has been quite a depressing interview at times <laughs> what, what was the best moment of your career what was the um, one moment you look back and oh. think that was it I don't know, there's, there's a few. You've got, like I just said, you've got the FA Cup run. Um, you've got winning, oh, only played half a season, but the Ryman Premier year, I think, it's, it's hard to beat. Just that, that group of players and that core of players. I mean, half of them are here tonight still together. Rojo's here watching. 
So that one, I mean, the com- and there's a few of the Conference South playoff final win, massive, massive underdogs. And I think the way we won it, equalising at the end and then winning on penalties, I think it's hard to be. Yeah, there's... there's I, I was really... I was incredibly lucky that I think every year at Maidstone, bar the first sort of year, every year we had some sort of success, whether it be the Ryman South, we won the Cup, we won the Premier, we won the Conference South. And then the last year, just as, as a smaller club, if you like, mates that were in the conference staying up against some of the big teams so yeah it's hard it's hard to pick it's hard to pick on reflection it wasn't bad with it no no like I said earlier I'm I'm very proud of what I achieved at Maidstone and with with Whitey Franny Jay friends for life so yeah 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 without doubt without doubt so um, yeah no it's a great time I've ever said in an interview before this has been a bit depressing um but it was you know that was a t- pretty tough actually to go through that with Alex and you could see the the frustration for him that you know injuries have put pay to his career because I think it was his birthday this week I think he's just 31 you know and and that's tough for a guy who you know wants to play w- wants to play football and and most importantly was a bloody good footballer wasn't he very good very good footballer very had that ability to beat a man. He had that long throw. I didn't realise he's only 31. Uh, must be, yeah, galling for him because I think he was the right thing. Then he, did he have Margate? He had that bad injury. Or did he have one at Maidstone as well? I think he did, didn't he? So, I think he had one at Maidstone. Then he had one at Margate. Well, and then that one away, yeah. as well. You know, and it was, you know, it was, it was actually really tough talking through that all with him. And, and I, I, I think you kind of could hear that in his voice. Um, that, that, that it was just frustrating. And, and, you know, when you get to that stage where he said, you know, I knew that if I had one more bad injury, that that was it. And before I'd even hit the ground, I knew I was never playing again. You know, what what a heartbreaking thing to go through. Yeah. It, you know, one of those players, key player from Maidstone when they went through the leagues and the ability, a lovely left foot to cross the ball in and cause problems. Yeah. It's just, you know, those injuries have affected him. And then, as he said, the most important thing, he can still play with his kids rather than uh, playing football. And that shows, you know, how hard it will be. You know, football's been your life. He's going to give something back. And hopefully he'll be rewarded with a, with a decent crowd on Friday for the Maidstone fans who, who realise what a, a good servant to the club he's been. Yeah, and they've just announced actually that Joe Piggott's going to be there uh, on Friday night to take part in the game as well. So, you know, it should be a really good night. And I really, really hope that for Alex and his family that it goes well and that it's a, a good day for, the, for, for them all. And, and, you know, he was very gracious to ask if I wanted to go. Um, unfortunately, I'm working, so there's not a lot I can do about that one. But, um, yeah, good luck, Alex. Um, and thank you so much for, for talking so openly and honestly about it because, you know, you just watched I lose and uh, I went and bothered him with my phone and he was a really good chat, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. and fair play to um, Maystone United as well. They're really good at that. I think a few players have come and had testimonials with the club. So they look after their their um, old players who've been successful with them really well. So, uh, yeah, it should be a good night at the Gallagher on Friday. Yeah, I mean, that group of players that Alex is part of with your Steve Watts and your Jamie Coyles and uh, and, and Lee Wargan, you know, they are the, the legends of this Maidstone United, aren't they? So, you know, it is good that they are looking after them so well. Well, yeah, yeah. I think it's in this in this day and age, looking after the, the players that got them to a level they've been before, got to the level they are now. Um, 
that's pretty much it for the football chat, not just for this week, but for this season. Uh, How I many episodes have back... we done this year, John? Oh, this I don't know. 50-odd? Um, no, I don't think we've got to 50, because we started in July, so we've probably gone through... Give me one second. You can fill if you want. Well, I was just trying to think. I've done about 39 games um, this season, so the majority of them have been depressing, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's been it's been a long long season, and uh, we said a couple of weeks ago it's it's good that we're stopping now, recharge the batteries, keep an eye on who's bringing players in, and then the first episode back we will say, all oh, right, this team's going to walk the league, and then they'll probably get relegated. But yeah, I, I think it's, it should be another exciting year next year. Um, the scaffold's going to be phenomenal as it always is. Ebsley, can they? You know, looking at the squad they've got, I'm sure they'll splash a bit of money out. I think they think they've probably got a chance. Bromley, Maystone want to bounce back in the Conference South. Tunbridge under Jay Saunders, they want to do well. Dover, can they score goals? Um, yeah, and, and then we know what the, the Isthmian leagues will be as well. Folkestone, first real season without Neil Cugley being involved, what will they all do? And the Isthmian South East will be as competitive as ever as we try and get in that um, this time, two Kent sides promoted. So, yeah, it should be another good season this year. And we appreciate everybody listening to the pod. And hope everybody enjoys their summer. Absolutely. Episode 218 was our first of this season. So, we've done 37 uh, uh, over bad. the course of the season. You've done 35, obviously, because you had a couple of weeks off when you swanned off to the World Cup. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, as Matt just said there, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, it does mean so much to us. Um, that people still want to listen to this. Uh, we have been doing this, what now? This is the end of our sixth season uh, of doing this silly podcast, believe it or not. Uh, and we still love it, which is the, the best. Well, I still love it. Mark, I hope you still do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. We didn't have, we've not actually I, I, had a conversation again, about, about this. Talking to you and also half to, you know, finding out from these managers who've, and the players involved in the club, you've got the heart of the club in the right um, place. And, you know, Andy Woodman, like we spoke to earlier, Desperate for them to succeed. Reese Prestige, different end of the football in scale, but again, he won't. Everything will come on. He won't leave every t- stone unturned to be successful. That's all we want for many of our clubs. Yeah, and I think you know what I love about it is is the fact that we have you know the different stories, the different clubs, the different people. You know, I, and I, I'm always grateful. Uh, to everybody who helps us out by giving us phone numbers uh, and getting us in touch with people and people who respond and, and are really good to us. Uh, and also everybody at the clubs, the, the media guys who retweet our stuff, you know, that means so much because it's always good for us that you that you care that, that we've gone out of our way to cover your club. And um, so we do really, really appreciate uh, that from everyone. We didn't actually have the conversation about if we were doing it next season, but earlier on before we started recording, Matt said, oh, we'll be back in July. So let's go. We'll do it again. Yeah, uh, we'll carry on. Yeah, it's all good. Um, I did want to just um, bring up Matt. Andy Woodman was talking earlier on and I said we'll bring it up later on. Um, he was talking about his daughter's wedding. As, as the uh, the father of two daughters, have you started saving yet? Um, no, no, I haven't started. I was guessing that was somebody the other day, I think, about weddings and things like that. So, um no, I haven't really. So uh, they're still a bit young at the moment. So, um, well, you've got to think about this because I mean, genuinely, they're quite close in age. You know, yes. they could, but it could happen. They could both happen at a similar sort of time, and then that'd be that, a really tough year, wouldn't it? That, that, uh, yeah, I do want to retire, John. So yeah. I need to. Well, if if Queen Camilla can become a queen, there's no reason why one of my daughters can't marry a prince, and then we don't have to worry about that sort of thing. 
that's true. Yeah, maybe you could get a, a big, uh, big one put on. Maybe, maybe then you could just buy them a ticket to, to St. Kitts for their honeymoon or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd love to do things like that. Yeah, so I haven't really thought about that at the moment, but um, we were discussing retirement earlier. So, but maybe I have to carry on to give the give the, my children the, the wedding of their dreams as the wedding of my dreams that I had many moons ago. Absolutely. I mean, you, yeah, you, you, we discussed your honeymoon actually. Was your wedding a nice gig? Well, oh, brilliant. I loved my, yes, it's, it'll be 16, 16 years in, yeah, 16 years in July. So yeah, we went, we went to Sri Lanka and Dubai on honeymoon and Dubai was great. It was, before it was probably sexy. It probably was a bit, you know, everybody would go there, but they treated us like kings and queens and uh, yeah, Sri Lanka was nice. So yeah, so that was, yeah, a long time ago now. So, um, but uh, yeah, well, yeah, kids' weddings, yeah, that would be, we, we, we somebody did bring up because with their, their ages, they will have very two coming of age birthdays, birthdays quite close together. So that will be the planning of something when they're a little bit older as well. So, but there you go. But no, I haven't thought about weddings yet, mate. God. So <laughs> I would have thought the cost of everything, they're going to be here forever anyway. So I might have to carry on working forever. Well, absolutely. You never know. Uh, anything that people should be watching over the TV for the next, what, two and a half months while we're not here? Uh, I've mentioned Night Agent, didn't I? I think I did so uh, last time. It was quite good. Um, not much else, really. I haven't really kicked up with it. Um, we've been watching the Champions League the last couple of nights as well. So uh, the evening of watching televisions from there. There must be plenty of stuff coming sooner rather than later. But this is kind of the year that if the weather's good, we don't watch much telly because you're out in the garden and doing bits and pieces. So, uh, But I will come back. Um, always continue to watch Ted Lasso. Have you watched this week's episode? Do you know what? I'm too behind, actually. I haven't oh. seen last week's or this week's. So that's something I've got planned for the... Uh, for yeah, carry on with that. Always, yeah, if, you, if you've got Apple TV, do watch. It's not just all about football, but a very good programme, Ted Lasso. It is. So how it goes from here for me is I will have to have a little break where I go and sit down on the sofa. Uh, and then in about an hour, hour and a half's time, I'll start editing uh, the podcast to get out for you uh, so that you can all hear these words on Thursday if you so desire. Um, and yeah, we're um, that's yeah, it. We're, we're done. I mean, I, I suppose, Matt, we should just before we completely wrap it up. Uh, highlights of the season. I mean, I went to a few games right at the very start and then kind of had to stop going to games due to other commitments and uh, mainly work. Um, saw a few towards the end, but it, it's been a great season um, for some of our teams. Obviously, delighted particularly for, for Ebb's fleet. We've always been really great to this podcast as well. Uh, mentioned people with social media and the, and the media teams at clubs. Ed Miller has uh, been great for, for for us. So thank you, Ed. And I hope you're enjoying a, a little bit of a break um, over the summer. Um, delighted for, for their man Chatham to, to win their leagues. Nereth and Belvedere as well. Um, you know, I, I didn't see that many good games of football ultimately in the end. Um, but, you know, th- th- there was some... There was some half decent stuff floating about. What, what, what was your highlight? Was your highlight genuinely Chippenham? No, um, no, because we got lucky there. We don't want to go down those situations. Highlight of the season. Oh, I think, um, I think the way Hyde came through and Steve Watt, let's say, matured as a manager. I think he's a manager to look out for now, Steve Watt. Um, I think that's a really good thing. Um, highlights of the season. I say. A lot of the National League South I've seen, I don't think it's a particularly good standard, or it hasn't been this year. Hopefully that can improve. Yeah, I think Hyde, um, I think that's a, that's a good story. They just couldn't get it over the head, but, you know, we didn't we didn't tip them anywhere near it. 
what a really good season they had. Hopefully, um, you know, I do think Steve Watts a manager to watch out for. So, um, no, is it been? Yeah, I don't, I don't think the quality, the excitement's been there, but maybe not as much quality as in previous seasons. No, it's been, but it's been great, you know. And from a podcast point of view, you know, we've had some phenomenal interviews again this year. Which, uh, you know, thank you, Matt, for for all your hard work. I know you do it all around your your day job as well. So thank you um, for for taking time out to to get some some really good chats on the show for us. Because you know, if it was just me and you talking all the way through, I think this show would have bombed probably about two hundred and fifty episodes ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you yeah. know, all those people that that we managed to get on do do help us out, don't they? No, yeah, everybody's always really willing to take the uh, phone call so we really appreciate that um we'll go and recharge our batteries i'll be able to go to bed a bit earlier in um of an evening now john so that's always good for me and i'll come back refreshed and ready to go thinking dover are going to win the league by 50 points and after week one realize they won't win the league by 50 points but that's what you gonna have you've got everybody's gonna have that optimism in july aren't we and we'll and we'll both all have that optimism that all the kent sides will get promoted and we'll have a great season Yes, and we will share all the news that's happening over the summer when we can uh, on the Twitter at Kent Nonley Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well, search for Kent Nonley Podcast. And there's a chat group, Kent Nonley Football Chat. Uh, I'm at John Phipps 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. If you want to keep up with our lives over the summer, who knows what's going to happen over the next couple of months. But sadly, there will not be any Kent Nonley Podcast for the next couple of months. So, uh, but as I always say, thank you everybody for listening. It means so much to us all. Uh, it's been our, it means so much to us both. Uh, as I say, six seasons down, we'll be back for the seventh in the summer. But until then, have a great summer, everybody. And we'll speak to you all next season on the Kent Nonley podcast. 2023-2024 is just around the corner. I was definitely expecting some sort of singing there, mate. I was thinking about, yeah, now I was going to about maybe singing. And now, yeah, yeah. the final curtain. But that's a bit yeah. from there, but no, not, not Sinatra. But no, see you next year, mate. Next season. Absolutely.